Yo, this is the ancient Texan. Have you all heard about these nodules? Um, they're called seafloor nodules, manganese nodules that are in the floors of most oceans. They've taken millions of years to form. They have manganese, iron, nickel, copper, cobalt. Um, a lot of the metals that you need for the green revolution. There's a company called the Metal Company. And it just turns out to be... Um, I'm working with a company that makes... Is attempting to make magnesium up in Canada, and I think the metal company is like across the street, their office. I don't think they actually have you know, chemical processing plants yet, but they're apparently making boats. These boats, ships, go out to the ocean and suck up these nodules from off the floor of the ocean you know, mile below the ocean, deep, deep places in the Pacific. They suck them up, and in sucking up the nod, the nodules, which can be like from an inch to four inches, they're like rocks with knobby, you know, protrusions. I mean, they're like a round rock with kind of bumpy on the outside, kind of gray-colored, a little bit of iron oxide color. They suck them off the bottom of the ocean, and when they suck them off the bottom of the ocean, um, you can imagine there's a lot of residue and silt, and you know they're half buried in whatever's on the ocean floor. You you stir up this big cloud of of residue behind the where they suck up the nodules. And then the metal company claims that within a few hundred yards, most of these solids settle. Environmentalists are concerned of, you know, what happens to that eco ecosystem and ecological. What happens to the bugs and animals living in that that sediment? And that sediment gets distributed probably depending on the currents and stuff in the area that you're going into. It's probably settled, spread out over the fine stuff over miles, maybe tens or hundreds of miles. I, I don't know, but it seems reasonable. Uh, then they take these nodules up to the surface and then they transport them to a land-based processing center. I was looking at... Art, I'm a extractive metallurgist for, for you guys that don't know. I was looking at the chemical processing involved, and it's pretty, it's pretty ex extensive. Uh, they're a good resource. Now, the question is, what does it cost to get them off the floor, both in terms of, you know, billions spent on ships and the processing costs of sucking them up and transporting them. 
some facility. And then, you know, this these nodules are going to have to be ground up. And then there's pyrometallurgical and hydrometallurgical routes, probably um, for copper, nickel involved. It's probably going to be a hydrometallurgical route that wins out. And then the residues are can probably be made into some ferromanganese, silico, ferro silicon which is used in in steel refining and then there's going to be a lot of you know residue uh, left it it it'll be billion dollar processing facilities like smelters like in the old days well There's going to be a big environmental cost. I can't imagine you can do this without some disruption. But we do need this stuff for electric vehicles. And the other option is we don't have our current supply chain. is not going to cut it. Um, you can open more open pit mining. But there's going to be a cost to going to electric vehicles. Everybody assumes this is going to be better than the cost of our current system that puts CO2 into the air. Well, I don't think that's necessarily a given. I think it probably is, and I'm kind of pro, you know, metallurgical projects, and I'm pro open pit mining because I like to turn on my electric lights, and I like my car to run, and I like copper. And I like what copper does for my life. And I like what nickel does for my life. And cobalt, even. I understand how these metals are used and I know you know they're a big part of our civilization and our way of life and to keep that way of life going um, you got to have the raw materials and you got to make them into products or you can you know or we can slide backwards into the cave you know living in caves but Actually, most of us will probably choose to keep living in our houses and turning on our light switches. Now, electric cars are going to take this up to another level. And meanwhile, we're doing this big push to cut down on uh, fossil fuel generation. What has that done? Probably hadn't saved a single polar bear. It's just raised the cost of fossil fuels. Look at the shortages in Europe and the power we've given to places like uh, Russia and China. Because we don't want our hands soiled by this activity. We've given the power to control our world to Russia and China mostly. And that goes not only for fossil fuels, that goes for the raw materials for 
our whole way of life. And here's another thing we're fixing to do is mine sea nodules. Now, I'm sure there's going to be some big fights between environmentalists and commercial interests that want to exploit and capitalize on the metals and in the nodules. Now, the metals company, if you read their propaganda, it looks like, you know, 2023, they're going to make some ships and start sucking up this stuff off the bottom and they're going to start processing. But this is a... Uh, this is... These are big projects. Don't kid yourself. These are billion... billion dollar projects that are going to take a lot of time and money to make happen. So, look... Let's look at this situation. We've just passed legislation to encourage the production of electric vehicles. We don't have the raw materials necessary to make especially the batteries, make all these vehicles, but even the electric wiring and cars and stuff, our current supply chains just aren't going to cut it. And we're doing this massive conversion, uh, kind of where we're having all electric cars made by 2035. Great. Like 10-ish years from now, a decade. We're going to have all our cars being electric cars. You know how long it takes to get a mine permitted in North America? About eight years. So eight years, we're not going to do squat and increase in the supply of minerals. Maybe China and Russia, for example, can increase their supply output. You know, maybe some U.S. companies can get some things going in Latin America. Or Canada has a lot of lithium deposits. But it takes a long time to get some permitted up there, too. And then you've got to do the metallurgical studies and build the plants. Might be a decade. It's not unreasonable in the current environment to start producing raw materials and increase production. But we're making all the electric vehicles like starting now. So, so how how exactly does that work? What it work? How it works is that the automobile companies start competing for what's out there, driving the price up. Kind of like what you're having in natural gas and oil right now. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And then look at the other side of the equation. These electric vehicles require electricity. And electricity produced from fossil fuels 
it is it isn't any better than having a fossil fuel car just a long path take you know fossil fuels burn them to make electricity send them down your electric lines and charge up your battery and then you just produce the co2 at the you know, place where you made the electricity instead of producing it at your car there's no there's no difference so we don't have the electricity from clean resources most of which is produced intermittently and you either need storage or something like a nuclear power plant to give you off-hour power or hugely expensive battery storage um, like what they're putting in Australia with batteries from you know, Tesla which requires more raw materials so we're pulling on the end of the pipeline the electric vehicles which need raw materials that we don't have and they need electricity made from clean sources which we don't have both of those processes um, are at least a decade away making more raw materials of any significant to, to meet this kind of need and making electricity from you know mostly clean resources that's a decade away and my belief is and it's I'm not a dummy in this area that you need a stable power supply like nuclear power which we haven't been doing the research on small nuclear power plants that are less you know, polluting and breeder reactions that get you know kind of address the waste problems with nuclear waste we haven't been doing this kind of R&D because this kind of stuff is below us as Americans we only do the clean stuff at the end of the line we let the dirty stuff is not going to happen in our country and it's going to go over to China and Russia and we're very sure they do a clean job and they don't mess up the environment on this small blue planet that we live on so it sounds to me like this is just like a really messed up plan we're pushing electric vehicles when we don't have the power or the raw materials to make it happen and I know there's some money in there to, you know, Biden's plan to generate more clean energy. But none of that's, like, easy and quick. It, it's, it's taken us, what, 200 years to make happen what's happened? I mean, um, I mean... Germany spent a truckload of money on going to renewables. And guess what? They're in worse shape than they started. Of course, they got most of their natural gas from Russia. They depended on our enemies for 
you know, I'm afraid they are become our enemy. When you're in a war with them, I don't know any better definition. So we're depending on our enemies, and our relationship with uh, China gets shakier every day. We're very much dependent on them. And we've got a environmental plan that depends on getting raw materials from our enemies, our soon-to-be enemies, which I think China, um, if you see what's going on in China, they're just, it's a whole other podcast, but their economy and their countries in pretty serious experiencing pretty serious difficulties between COVID and droughts and water supply and their populations collapsing. They've got a whole truckload of stuff going on. And they're short energy too. They're building coal power plants. Get that. We're trying to go green over here and we're going to be putting more pressure on them for raw materials. And they're going to deal with those energy gaps by building coal plants so that we can go to renewables. That, that master plan just is shaky as hell. And in my last podcast, I've just discovered that the more CO2 uh, in the environment... Uh, is greening our planet. If you're growing a plant and you put 200 ppm CO2 into the atmosphere, it apparently grows 37% faster and bigger than without the CO2. I'm not a biologist, so I'd like to hear if that's really true, but it seems like the data's there. And that's resulted in our plant getting, planet getting 20% greener because of CO2. So, the trade-offs in this whole go green thing are really complicated. And they're inter-involved. Everything's mixed up with everything else. Um, I prefer market-based solutions. Apparently, I'm in the minority. So, we're having the wise guys in Washington, D.C. decide the best route. But, as an old extractive metallurgist, I don't see how the pieces fit together. No raw, not enough raw materials, so we're going to go hell-bent and tear up the bottom of the ocean and build a lot of new pits and tear down a lot of power plants and put in solar panels. And I don't think the equation works. I just think the whole thing is just hit or miss. I think all it's going to do is cost us and Americans can, in general, afford it. But it's going to cost the world billions of dollars and make a lot of people poor, hungrier, and less energy independent. 
And I believe that if you want to solve this problem, it takes a lot of money, it takes a lot of rich people with a lot of investment. The best thing we could be doing is maybe helping people get out of poverty so that they can join with us to solve this problem. And I don't really think the world is going to end with the CO2. Yep. We're going to have probably have more storms and more bad weather. Sea level rising. But you know, the Holland dealt with rising sea levels a long, long time ago. There are cities below sea level. So is New Orleans. Can you grasp that? New Orleans is below sea level. So if you're in Miami and Florida, one thing is to like panic. The other thing is to go visit Holland and New Orleans and see what it's going to take. What's going to have to be built to deal with rising sea levels. It's an engineering challenge. It costs a lot of money. Now, does that, that amount of money, how does that compare to their current route? Well, nobody knows. Because it's all just a hodgepodge without a plan. It's, it's a plan uh, that if you think through it, well, first someone's got to write the plan down on paper so we can think through it. But I don't think there is the plan done by reputable engineers that know how to do material and energy balances. Look at all the inputs required and all the outputs and see, you know, plan A, B, and C. And then debate the pros and cons of those different approaches. Um, I don't think we're approaching it like a problem that we need to solve and that we need to engineer. I think we're approaching it like we've got the answers and we've got the plan and just nobody's written it down because this plan is so obvious. Except for old metallurgists like me that, you know, I find it difficult and challenging in my profession to design a single plant when you look at all the raw materials the reactions that are going to go on uh, how things are going to go from one piece of equipment to the other and what are all the byproducts and the waste materials and you know what are the conditions to make each step work a single plant um, has a kind of complexity that I'm sure people that have never done it have no idea. And there's people a lot better than me these days at that. But I at least understand the problem. Now we're talking about changing the whole way the world is put together and operates. And the plan is what? The plan is to reduce CO2 at all costs. That's kind of plan A. And then we're going to start, at least in the States, with electric vehicles and increasing renewable energy production. 
but can we extrapolate that out to a viable system? That those are just like, you know, worthy things we want to do. Doesn't mean it makes a plan. Plan means that you got some idea of what raw materials you need and how you're going to get there and how you're going to change the permitting process to make it happen in our lifetime. And you're going to change the way power is generated and your this mix of power sources is going to power our world the same as is powered now and or we're going to spend enough money to make ourselves a whole lot more efficient than we are now. Which, by the world way, only the rich people can afford to even think that way. If you're living in a hut in Bangladesh or a tent city and you know, some of the refugee camps around the world, you think they can worry about how to be more energy efficient? Or if you're in the millions of people that are now struggling for food because of the crisis created in Ukraine, you think they give a damn about climate policy? So, I think we got a lot of work to do to help shore up the lives of people on this planet. What needs to happen, we need to save those lives now. Those lives are dying now. If you're going to prioritize money between saving lives and people 50 years in the future, are people dying today? My vote is for helping the people dying today and spend a few years working on the plan. Like maybe three plans on how to get to environmental, economic, climate viability in the in the future i mean it it it's a complex problem and at the moment it to me is there's not a master plan here guys if you would somebody just please email it to me the master plan for going green maybe the master plan for going green in the states would be a good place to start but like the master plan for India and China is pretty important because, you know, they're both building coal power plants, which got to put a lot of solar in here when you're 5% of the world's population to cancel out what 50% of the world population is doing on the other side of the ocean. Since we haven't got that wall built up to keep their CO2 on their side of the planet. What they do and what they can do. It's not even what their intentions. I'm not questioning intentions. I'm just questioning the huge environmental engineering problem we have in front of us. This is not, this is not trivial stuff for remaking the planet our energy usage we're kidding ourselves making electric vehicles is the plan that is not a plan anyway this is the ancient Texan
Just wishing I had access to the plan. Or maybe three plans. Hope you have a good one. Namaste.